We are now recording Tour on a Kavir. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Adam Ivel podcast. Another installment of Drift Corner is underway, and today I have a very, very, very special guest. I have, as you probably just heard, Tour on a Kavir, Norwegian sledgehammer of a driver. I am joined with, and one of my favorite on the grid when he decides to uh, participate in Drift Masters. Tour, thank you so much for your time today, um, and welcome, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. So cool to be here. I listened to all the previews with Erdian, uh, uh, Jack and Josh. So yeah, happy to be here and yeah, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. I've got like always a bunch of stuff I want to kind of run over. Um, first off, I want to just, am I correct in saying you're two time Norwegian Drift Champion or are you three times now? Uh, two times, two times. Two times, yeah. yeah. Two times, so- that's that's awesome, man. How and how long have you been participating in the Norwegian Drift Championships? Uh so we started off in the pro class back in 2015. Uh and yeah, like that first championship we got in 2020, uh, in the middle of COVID. Um that was probably still is the best day because like 2015 we had two wins and we had a lot of car breakages. 2016 still again like we were doing really good uh and it was kind of the story just repeated itself uh as long as the car was working we were winning races uh but the car was hardly working at all and yeah it just followed us through the years and in 2020 uh it just all came together uh and we had like a double header uh for the two last rounds of the Norwegian championship and yeah uh i just got my head together uh the car was not all right because i crashed so bad in practice it was so bad uh my whole body was sore but i got my head together and drove probably it's still the race of my life and i'm so proud of that weekend and what we accomplished and yeah that first championship was just unbelievable and to do it like in the middle of covid it was kind of a depressing year for all of us like we couldn't do drift masters we couldn't do really anything, any, anything. <laughs> yeah. but we got to go drifting you know and even though there was no people there just live stream and like the starter guy that you had to just wave to but yeah it was so cool that's awesome do you think the uh the sensation of the the victory was enhanced because it was the covid year like obviously because there's been very little to be happy about and then all of a sudden not only do you get to do something as fun as drifting because i know that you're a professional but at the end of the day the sport is still just fun right like so you get to do something that's like super fun where everybody else is kind of locked down and not not able to and then yeah. you go and win. Do you think it was maybe enhanced by that or? Yeah, absolutely. And as well as it was like six years of hard struggle getting there and yeah. finally just unfolded. And yeah, it was such a good feeling. Yeah. Awesome, man. So you said um, you started the pros in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Where, where did your journey in drifting start? So obviously 2015 wasn't the beginning of you in a drift car. So how, how did this come about? Uh, it actually like the first time I ever drove a drift car was probably like in June 2014. Oh wow! Uh, so it was only took you a year to get to the pros. Yeah, so we started off, and Norway was kind of heavily regulated back then, uh, and we couldn't do twin drifting before you were 18, and you couldn't do the pro class either before you were 18. So we started off in 
what they call like a junior class and it was just all day qualifying super boring but it, it was kind of a good way getting into the sport and yeah it started off quite good but uh yeah we started off go-karting when i was six uh and i did that until i was 17 that's when oh, i wow. started drifting so i had a lot of years of go-karting on my back as well as a lot of years of sim drifting uh on my back going into drifting so it just kind of snapped. Like uh, my dad, he has a lot of experience from racing. He's done racing since the seventies, you know. So the car was kind of on rails for the junior class, and from the first race, it just worked. And yeah, we won the two first races in the junior class we did, and yeah, it was only a small issue that first year in the junior class that didn't make us win like the junior championship that year. Uh, but yeah, and we just took the jump. I uh, thought, well, if you're going to be the best, you got to drive with the best. So mm. we just jumped to the pro class uh, instead of having a year of doing the pro two class because we just believed in our mission. And yeah, we won our second race in the Norwegian uh, pro drift championship yeah super happy <laughs> so you did go uh, karting first um yeah. was was that in uh you said your old your dad as well sorry in England we yeah. say old man like your, your dad yeah. he um was was he wanting you to get in a, a different type of motorsport because I, I assume drifting wasn't really a massive thing when you were six so was there like a a different route that was like the plan to go down whether it be rallying or touring car or something along those lines or was it you know did and sorry i should just say was it was it yeah yeah absolutely like uh it's a funny story to be honest how we how i got interested in drifting because when we were go-karting and my dad he's like a racing racing fanatic like he's super obsessed with racing and we were doing go-karting on a small go-kart track here here in norway that had just opened and they had like drifters and this was probably back in 2007 like the very early days the beginnings of drifting in norway and they were doing like drift demos they called it uh and we were watching these uh chaps going about and it was so bad it was (laughs) so bad they couldn't drive for anything you know and i remember my dad said uh this sport needs to be shut down it's just stupid you know and i said <laughs> i just fully backed him and i thought drifting was the most stupid thing i've ever seen and yeah it was kind of i was doing uh racing simulators um yeah. and i don't know if you're familiar familiar with live for speed yep uh so you go like into where all the servers are and I think like the story is I just clicked the wrong server and I pressed on like a drifting server and there was a lot of people drifting and I was like, that's easy. Like, why? (laughs) why And I sucked so bad and I just spent the whole night drifting and yeah, I was obsessed and it was kind of a really hard battle getting my dad into drifting because he still thought this was really bad idea doing drifting (laughs) but yeah now he's hooked as well so yeah it's a good story that's awesome (laughs) so what racing did he do oh he started back in the 70s with like supercars um like 250 cc uh two-stroke engines they go like 250 k's an hour they're like super crazy super dangerous by the time <laughs> yeah 
and he started when he was he was like not starting when he was like a young talent like Max Verstappen and all these he started this kind of like a hobby and just grew into it and I think it was like in the late 80s he bought his first formula car so he bought like a, a formula voxel it's called in the uk and formula opal in the rest of europe okay. uh and he started racing that had some success here in norway he got on the national team and he actually wow. ra- he actually raced in the euro series against uh Jos Verstappen, which is no max way. max's dad and rubens barrichello many like f1 legends uh wow, and that's a- so cool up-and-coming talents at the time so yeah he did that for many years and then eventually we as kids like started taking over and and he started focusing everything on us and yeah moved on all the knowledge and experience he had onto us so yeah that's amazing i normally find um, when i talk to people that are involved in motorsport now that their parents have had some form of involvement like jack said his mom and his dad both competed in racing and I yeah. always, you know, I always think it's a really cool thing to like hear how it all kind of like you know every little thing in in everybody's life adds up to one moment and all that sort of stuff, right? Like like you yeah. say, if you'd have just not clicked on that server when you were playing the game, <laughs> yeah. you might never have got into drifting. No, no. You know, like be be where you are now. Um, yeah. so from clicking that wrong wrong server to drifting in the biggest drift event in the entire world in Poland a couple of weekends ago now. Uh, I want to, I can see your face. You're shaking your head and smiling. It's still, yeah. to me, I do the same. Um, I, I just want to kind of go back there, really, because that was one of the, I, I've been I've been very, very, very fortunate where my, my dad, I'll be honest, it was fortunate and unfortunate, I guess, but like my dad was really into football. So, yeah. but not in racing at all. Like he likes touring cars just enough to take us to Brands Hatch if it's there or sort of thing when we were kids and that, but like not enough to follow it or to be religiously tra- tracking it or anything. Um, so uh, I, I've been to a lot of big sporting events, but I've never, I've, I said, I've never been on the ground, on the ground yeah. floor, you know, like, so yeah. you can sit in the stands and it's one thing where you capture the atmosphere from the whole thing. But when you get to be in the center of the stage, like, yeah. wow, it's a different feeling. And even though I'm, I was just one of the media personnel, I still got to sense it all. But from your point of view, as one of the drivers that went deep into the competition as well, how did it feel? like t- tell us about it from a driver's point of view oh it's so hard like i've been spending spending those days now at home and and just trying to figure out what what the fuck happened you know <laughs> sorry sorry no, for you can the swear as much as you like you can swear as much as but, you like this is a unrivaled production we can swear as much yeah, as we like otherwise but, i'd be fucked as well so <laughs> but you know it was kind of like and Going into that top 16 parade, especially, um, and just looking up there. Because it's one thing when you're driving, you're not kind of focusing on what's ever around you. Uh, you know there's a lot of people, but you definitely don't want to be looking up the grandstand <laughs> sitting on the start line because you might just get the biggest crash into the first corner <laughs> ever. But... You know, that top 16 parade, that was special. I did it with my girlfriend and we drove around there waving to the crowd. And, you know, it's the first time in so many years I really felt that this is such a special moment. And it's been many rounds of Thrift Masters that has been like the biggest. It's been this and that, but this was just mental. It was, (laughs) it's, I just wrote on Instagram, like it's hard to comprehend what happened because 
you can't just believe it. Like we were on with my favorite band this last weekend on a concert and they were sold out. Um, small place here in Stavanger in Norway and they sold out and there was 2,000 people in attendance. And I was like, Jesus, that's not a lot of people. <laughs> we, we just drove in front of 53,000 people. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, well, that was yeah. 53,000 tickets sold. That's not including yeah. all the people working, all the people, part of the teams. Yeah. Like, it was probably near a 55, 56,000 that were on the ground in there. And yeah. it, it felt like it, drifting felt for the to me like it felt really good you missed it unfortunately uh the finland round that was like yeah. a really outstanding round to me in terms of atmosphere and like last year you, you competed in ireland last year didn't you so you know yeah. like the irish crowd really are great with like making it feel awesome especially when they do the national anthem and they're all getting behind all of their home drivers obviously because they love it yeah. and it, it feels good finland felt insane because it was just like from all angles for the first time ever like every angle had a big bunch of crowds there's noise coming from everywhere and yeah. uh obviously laurie and the gang from over there are all very popular in finland so uh when they were announced it was crazy it was great and i was just thinking wow drifting's come a, a long way even in some i've yeah. been involved in which is only like, like my seventh year now and yeah, i was like wow this is, this is cool and then Poland comes around and like, I just don't think any of us really, because I know it sounds like, I know it's such a cool thing to be able to do, travel with Drift Masters and get to see it all, but it is my job, right? It's one of my jobs, right? So yeah. like when I see yeah. it, I just get the, the notes through from the gang where they're like, right, you need to be here. This fl this flight you're getting on. So remember, check in. Uh, all right, cool. Right, rental car, Jordan's picking that up. Right, we'll hop in with Jordan and we'll all go to the hotel, blah, blah, blah. And this time we went from the airport straight to the track and like normally when we get to the track, it's just kind of like you look around, you go, OK, that'll probably be a good place to to get a view from. Oh, the cars are going to come around there. I might be able to get away with standing here for a couple before I get told off. You know, that sort of thing. When yeah. I walked into that place, it was just I didn't have any thoughts other than holy fuck. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I, I went straight into the middle of the track and I just looked around and I was just like, this is nuts. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't comprehend <laughs> it. And I'm very jealous of you and you boys will get into a show off you know, yeah, to the yeah. world, your skills, because to a lot of those people, I think that it was probably the first time they've ever seen live drifting. I think a lot of them yeah. might have seen clips online or that have gone because that Buddha guy sold a lot of tickets over in Poland, you know, helping push it because he does a bit of drifting. But when you actually get to see what Drift Masters really is, that championship, I think there's a lot of people that work behind the scenes that are very passionate yeah, purely absolutely. about drifting. And like, when you understand like, right, well, this is our in to drifting. So I will do the best job I can with yeah. whatever it is. Like mine, it's just an iPhone. So I'm like, all right, well, this is my tool. So this is what I will make the best content I can for Driftmasters on. Because yeah, yeah. we have a big audience and I want to show people it. But like the more people that see it, especially when you ram 53,000 people, people into a stadium, there's going to be them go home and tell their friends. And I've already had people messaging me going, do you know if it's going to be there next year? Um, I really want to come and watch a Driftmasters round now. And I'm like, this is what you need. You need that word of mouth to go but but and then you boys get to be the superstars man like yeah. you are you're literally on the same grounds where beyonce sells out <laughs> and uh, and ed sheeran and uh, football national football teams code yeah. and it's you lads in your cars that you build and to me that's so cool like, i wish i could be yeah. out there with you lot but the stress you lot go under <laughs> it also <laughs> looks like something that i'd probably explode doing um yeah I'd like to quickly talk about your team as well, because they're quite a close knit. They're always the same lads. It's not a very yeah. big team. 
Um, no. who, who are the, who are the boys? And obviously your parents come quite often as well, especially your dad, right? I always see him at every event. So yeah, fill us in with who they are. Yeah, so you have my dad, uh, always there. Um, and my uncle, he's been with us. He was at many races last year and he was now in Poland as well. Uh, so they're taking like the van with the trailer, with the car, everything. Uh, they're both like retired. So they're just having fun uh, driving around Europe. Um, and you have Frederick, Frederick Omot, uh, which is, he's kind of like my spotter uh he knows everything about the electronics the engine um yeah just a clever guy um and you have Eskil Eskil Fiskerson uh which is mechanic he works on the car like he can send me a message uh he's he loves this uh he lives nearby here where we have our car and he just if i'm busy at work uh anything he just shoots me a message i'll go down fix wherever you need what what do you want me to do which <laughs> is so good for me like it's been so helpful if and he ever comes you... to holiday in england i'll give him my number and he can fix mine for me because <laughs> yeah. mine is <laughs> yeah and you have uh martin uh gibson uh which is also mechanic he's been with us since 2018 frederick has as well um and they've been to every race since 2018 and yeah it's it's so good because like they're not paid they're not anything uh we can't afford that they come by their own will we pay their plane ticket and they come and we have a good like relationship and we know how to work together and we just like whenever i get in from the from driving i just can say like i want to change this i want to do that and i can just do whatever uh and it takes kind of my stress away from it i can focus on being or trying to be like media doing interviews and trying to be a superstar uh and also focus on the driving which is so good for me so yeah that's awesome, man. And I think this is also one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because what I'm what I'm noticing is that a lot of people, because of the event like Poland, it, it makes everyone think that there's huge money in drifting. And yeah. that everyone <laughs> earns a lot of money and it, it, we've got big race teams. And some of the lads do. Some of the lads that are very fortunate financially, they have huge sponsors and family backings. You know, there are some people are just luckier than others when it comes to financials, right? So, uh, yeah. And but not to say take anything away from them doesn't mean they're bad drivers or anything. It just means they're lucky that they get to rock up with two cars and a race lorry and a race yeah. team, you know. Like, but yeah. I I wanted to make sure that some of the audience that do watch, if they're just getting into drifting or Driftmasters Polar might be the first thing they saw and now they're more interested. And obviously, I'm doing the social, so hopefully they'll come and listen to the podcast off the back of that. I want them to realize, like with yourself and the Shanahan's, some of the in my opinion, and I think the rest of the world's opinion, the best drivers on on the planet when it comes to drifting are yourself, the Shanahan's, and James Dean. You and you, obviously not forgetting Peter Vicek and the other boys, but like a lot of you lads that are the top of the game still just have tiny family-run teams that get no money <laughs> yeah. out of this, and they're all there on just the will of loving the sport and loving watching you do your art, which is the driving of. Because what what these lads are doing like uh is insane. Like the cars you have, what power is your car? 
700 uh, horsepower uh, at the wheels and yeah, 1,000 newton meters. So yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a big power car, but it's still not the biggest yeah. on the grid, but it's a big power car, 700 horsepower. And you've got to contain that in these tiny little venues. And then you've also got to follow a lead car, set a lead line. You've got to follow yeah. all the rules the judges want, the diesel zones, the, you know, the accelerations. So, and this is such a, a fine-tuned niche skill that I think very few people can actually do. And as much as I think sim drifting is great, I don't. I think it skews people's visions of what you lot actually do in the actual cars because you know that you can crash a car on a sim and you hit reset. Yeah. You crash yeah. a car, you crash you you do one millimeter wrong and your your rear wheel catches on the wall, spins you out, and you've done ten fifteen thousand pound euros worth of damage. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're out of the competition. That's cost you fifteen thousand euro just to get to. Do you know what I mean? Like that. I just want to portray because I, I I'm a normal drifter, right? I'm a grassroots drifter, but that's been given access from Dave and the media team to this insane world of professional drifting. And mm. I'd always been like watching it from the stands or the media bit where I take a few photos and that. But now I've been, been lucky enough to get to know all you boys personally and girls. Obviously you have to include Chrissy Alto. She's wonderful and was very friendly when we were over in Finland and she was competing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's so cool to just see the, the passion from the teams as well. Yeah. And obviously you, you're, you're um, obviously you see the link logo on your hat link or obviously a, a backer of yourself. You're one of their main drivers, right? And you've got the link yeah. logos on your car. Um, and I think that the bought you lot need more sponsors that back you. Like, you know, there, there needs to be more yeah. people coming in and going, Oh, there's a lot of eyes getting on this. I mean, I was looking yeah. through the, the DMEC YouTube page earlier, just because I love to relive some of the rounds. I just really enjoy it. And I'm so glad we have this cool live stream that Red Bull provide. Yeah, and I saw that the Sweden round had a million views on qualifying. Wow, that's amazing! So, what the numbers must be on Red Bull TV at this yeah. point is amazing, I reckon. And that's getting eyes on for you, boys and girls. Yeah. And I just hope that more people come into the sport, bringing big bags of money to give to you lot to continue doing what you do because it is it's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I, I touched on a second ago that I think you are one of the, the best drivers in Europe. Like, and I think Europe has the best drivers in general. Obviously I'm a little, I'm a little bit swayed by that, obviously being from <laughs> this end, but like, I, I, I believe that like, so your journey has been quite a, a cool one. It's been a, an honest one. How does it feel when you rock up and you see the James Deans and the Peter Vicek's and the, the people that the, the USA will already know as the, the big names. And you, yeah. you look at them, and I, I didn't you say in an interview or so with, with one of the lads, I'm here to kind of ruin the home home crowd's day or something like, you know, like <laughs> I want to, I want to rock up, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it. Like, you, do you go in as confident? Like, do you see James Dean as James Dean when you go up against him, or do you just see him as another competitor where you're like, well, I know you're James Dean, but I'm Torani Kavia, so I'm having you, mate. Like, just, does that make sense? Like, do you, yeah. do you know yeah. how good you really are? Like, when you're going into your right, I don't care. This is James Dean. Like, I'm, I'm gonna show everyone that I can beat him type thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of when we got into the Drift Masters and we got in really early, we did one race in 2017. And that's the first time we met all of like James, Peter, all the old timers of Drift Masters, I would say, uh, like David Karkasik and all these chaps. Yeah. And we came in like nobody from the smallest place in Norway. And we came down to Hockenheim, uh, which was cool for us, like Hockenheim, F1 track, everything, yeah. you know um and you know i put on kind of a cool face trying to be i was kind of more cocky back then probably <laughs> uh but i i, I can still be uh, but 
you know what really set me um or what really showed me drifting is that i came in there small kid nobody knew my name um and you know peter like he says hi to you in the yeah. pits and you're like what <laughs> whoa no no i'm looking up to you you know and the same with james like they've all been so helpful they've been asking how's your car and i can say like oh i don't feel the car is working good and they're asking about your alignment they're asking what tire pressures you know all trying to help us um which is like it's the cool part of the drifting community and you know when you go up against them you kind of need to be don't think about who they are what they've done and whatever uh and really i'm not the kind of guy that gets like super nervous i'm more kind of fueled by if there's a lot of people watching if there is important people watching if there's a super good guy I'm driving against. I'm kind of getting more fuel to the fire and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm going to show you guys, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and I, I would say I just need some more driving time. I think that's like been the biggest hurdle for us, having like enough tires going to the vents. We never do a lot of practice. Uh, we're always trying to save tires money. And, you know, like you said, like, it, that's the biggest struggle. Like, we all got to buy tires, uh, even though we drive in front of 53,000 people, like, we're still paying a lot for our tires. So, yeah, it makes it difficult. But, yeah, it's a super cool how Drift Masters has evolved just this year alone, like, uh, being out of it for the first time since 2018 and suddenly coming back to Germany and just seeing how many steps it's taken. I was kind of, oh, no, nah, I shouldn't have been out. But yeah, it went good. So yeah. Yeah. The, the two rounds that we did have before this year. I mean, Germany was my one of my personal favorites for personal reasons. Obviously getting to do the Red Bull live stream on qualifying was a real special thing for me. And yeah. um, a lot of the feedback I actually had from it was the part with you. Because you pulled up, and obviously I know you really well. You're like my mate. I, you know, like yeah, I know that yeah. you know a lot of people. A lot of the like, it's hard to like. I, I was like, I want to stay professional, but at the same time, I love the sport and I love the boys doing it. So I'm happy for yeah. them too, you know. And uh, when you you obviously top qualifying, then did you get 99 or 98? It was something crazy, Nin right? It was like 98. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 98. And you like hugged me, and then turn around. A load of people were like going, "Oh, we love the fact that." the driver like jumped onto you and were like happy about it. I was like, it's because Tor is my boy, you know, like <laughs> yeah. since day dot at Driftmasters, you've been able, you've been helping me doing the interview so easy for me. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. coming into the sport, you lot are all massive to me. Do you know what I mean? I look up to all of you. I'm a grassroots level fun time drifter. I could never afford to compete even at like a basic level really. So it's like, yeah. I get to look up to you guys and I'm like, wow, I wish I could, you know, drive with these, these lot even at like practice days and, you know, they were like, oh, you need to do the link ECU stuff if that's okay. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I even run link stuff in my car. So it's not even like yeah. I'm I'm bullshitting, you know. It's like, well, I run link because I think link's the, the best stuff for my car. So yeah. Um, they were like, oh, you need to go speak to Tor. And I was like, I've never, never met Tor before. <laughs> oh, this is nervous. So I just came over <laughs> you and you were super friendly. And I was like, do you know what? Like all of these lads are sound as fuck. Like, and that yeah. breaks that barrier down. We can just do yeah. the better. The, be the work is easier and better that way instead of it being like um awkward. So absolutely absolutely and yeah so my mom was actually watching dmec qualifying on her phone or she was getting her hair done in the hairdressers and it was when you like hugged me like and they were like why are you watching this one she was like that's my son <laughs> so thank you for giving us a sweet little moment like that but i think like them honest moments are such a 
a beautiful part of drifting because I look at drifting a lot like what um, UFC was pre Conor McGregor right now. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's a lot of people that are very talented in it and there's a lot of like people watching it, but the, the mainstream hasn't got hold of it yet. Does, does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Like, definitely, and, um, definitely. And, I, and I still feel like that, like when you're a little bit cocky or when you are, you say, I love it. Because I'm like, this is what people want, right? I'm not asking everyone to like put on some UFC gloves and start smacking each other after events, but like those little, the little digs and the little like, I'm coming, man. I don't care that it's like this person or that person. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to win this weekend. I like that because then people get interested because they go, oh, he's 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 confident. Like, well, yeah. Because if you look at Conor McGregor, super arrogant, super confident, in all them press conferences, a little bit you know over the top sometimes but for, yeah. for the most part while he was in his peak pre proper 12 money he yeah. was beating everybody so yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like when you are beating everyone you can be as cocky as you want and tour you do generally beat everybody so i feel like you're all right with uh with <laughs> with, with, the, with the attitude it's fun to watch as a fan as well as a person involved in the sport and yeah. like you said with peter and james people that are like staples of the the drift world where the whole world knows who they are straight yeah. out of the bat they are like that they will come along I, I saw james in uh latvia the first thing as i walked past he was like how are you what, what's the crack you know what's the and i'm just the instagram guy you know what i mean and he still yeah. wants time for everyone he asks how you are and, yeah. and i think that's the real special thing with drifting where you could you could have the little bits of beef or whatever but then at the end you just go have a hug and a drink and you just chill out afterwards you know it's just a bit like yeah a bit of banter, absolutely right? yeah so um so yeah that's super super cool um with the events in Norway, what, what what sort of drift scene is there over there? Because they've obviously got you and Orjan, who are very talented, and we've seen a few other people pop in and out this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know what it is like with you guys. It's like in Norway, it's kind of really high level. Uh, there's there's many drivers. So you have Frederick, uh, who's doing FD. Uh, everyone knows him. Frederick has yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and you have Simon Olsen, who is doing really good in FD as well now. Uh, and you have Ula Jäger, who is having some car issues over there. But yeah, really talented driver. Uh, you have me and Erdian. Uh, we're kind of the five guys now uh, doing like the biggest series uh, around the world. Uh, and a lot of people have done like wild cards before for... Yeah, drift all stars back in the days and and drift masters. So yeah, the drift scene in Norway is really, it's really good. Uh, the drivers are good, the quality are good, uh, the quality of the builds are good. Uh, and I think like Norway has had a really good economy, um, for many years. It's getting worse now. We're kind of really big hit of inflation uh we're having high rates on our like uh housing taxes and stuff and yeah it's going a little bit down there's less participants doing the races and stuff but yeah norway has been for many years now really high level of drifting and think there's a lot of drivers from norway that could could do damage in drift masters for sure now is Gatbill, I'm right in saying Gatbill is in Norway, right? That is like a Norwegian festival of. Do I say a festival of drift? I've never been. I've only ever seen like the yeah. Carnage videos that gets spread online, you know, from the yeah. parties and like it looks pretty nuts, right? So yeah. it, that's been going quite a long time. Do, do yeah. you feel like that has uh, helped Norway grow with its own drift scene, having a big event like that that so many Definitely. people 
flock to? Like, what's it like at Gatville? Like, t- tell yeah. me about it as a Gatville virgin, someone's never <laughs> been before. I'd love to. I'd, yeah. It's always been like on the list of things to come and visit one day, but just time hasn't been on my side. So, yeah, definitely. Like, Gatville, I think that Gatville has done a really good job, uh, especially on the recruitment side. Uh, they've done a good job because a lot of people go to Gatville, they see people drifting about and they're. They want to do it themselves. Um, so Gatfield, yeah, it, it's it's a festival. Uh, there's kind of maybe fifty percent driving and fifty percent potting. So yeah, it's a good good time to to be. But yeah, uh, we have like a Super Creek competition, uh, which uh, actually me and my mates won last year. And that's like a team event, right? Am I right yeah. in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, you do like three cars and it's the best team that does like closest proximity, best show, everything, win it. So, yeah, uh, and a lot of driving uh, or at least a lot of cars on track and you don't, because it's gotten so popular now, uh, you don't really get to drive a lot because (laughs) there's just yellow flags everywhere. It's kind of like the drift game bash. I heard a lot of rumors about just yellow flags everywhere. And that's the same as Gatville. It's just a lot of people want to drive at the same time and, and you don't get so much uh, time. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, it's amazing show. There's kind of like 40,000 people going there uh, during the whole weekend and yeah, a lot of parties, a lot of drifting, a lot of, yeah, everything, <laughs> everything a lot of drinking, you want. A lot of drifting, a lot of partying. I'd love one day to visit. Um, obviously my dream would be bring a car over and actually drive as well. But like, like, yeah. like with everything, um, cause I've, I've been to a few of the drift games bashes that you mentioned and I fully back what the boys are doing. Yeah. Um, not that I am a- I am absolutely for everyone getting into drifting. I think it'd be amazing to have drifting as the most popular motorsport in the world. I'd love that. I'd love everyone to be doing it and more it'd be more viable for more places to allow us to do it because in the UK, unsure what it's like over in Norway, but barely anywhere lets us drift. It's a yeah. real like it's frowned upon motorsport that no one wants at their proper racetracks. And at yeah. the moment we just have to go, okay, fair, yeah. fair enough. You can't argue Absolutely. you own the racetrack i do not own the racetrack that's fine yeah. like that thing yeah but i feel like when what with what the boys have done it's really just because when i was over in earlier this year february i think it was something like that i went over it's a long journey it costs a lot of money it's only like a two thousand pound round trip for me and that doesn't include the ticket price so it would be two and a half thousand pound with the ticket price and you know all the rest of it on top um at one point this same car kept crashing on the same corner and every time he'd end up 25 yards into the gravel so they had to shut the track and it was the same car every single lap and it got to the point where because i was driving with connor and he come over to me and he'd been on that back track longer than me and um i'd been driving with him like twinning with him you know and how often do you get to twin with someone as talented as Connor Shanahan on a practice day, right? Like that's yeah. how I kind of see it. Like you, you can go and find people your level and you kind of, you know, as a grassroots guy, anyway, not a Torane Kavir. I understand that Connor Shanahan is your level, but like when, you know, it'd be like, I'm out with boys at the same level as me and we're kind of just sustaining what we're doing. But you put yeah. Connor Shanahan behind me and all of a sudden I have to get better. It's yeah. one of those where it's like, this dude is the, well, he's the best in Europe officially, right? He's just won yeah. the championship. Yeah. So, I, if he's chasing me around, I, I don't have room to mess up because the margins are going to be minuscule with him, which yeah. was so exciting for me as a guy that loves to progress. 
and love to get better. Like my dream is to be able. I've always said my dream with drifting is just to be able to hang with the big dogs at practice days. So like, if you came over to Ireland, if you spoke to Dave and said, "I'm bringing, a, I'm coming over, I need a car," blah blah blah, and Dave sorted it all out. I'd want to be there, and you go, Adam, we're going to drive together. Yeah, and I can hang yeah. with you. I don't have to be as good as you. I just got to be yeah. able to hang up, hang up with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, like we can drift together. It's fun. Um, so I I understand like everybody wants to learn to drift, but there's places to learn to drift. Like, yeah. and I don't see this. I I think a lot of people get embarrassed by just not being very good. I I yeah. wasn't very good for a long time. I had to do like fourteen drift days in seven months just to get to a level where I was like, oh, I'm comfortable going out and being in a train now, and you know like getting involved with that. Um, do you get to do many events that are just fun, like grassrooty uh, fun type things, or is it all competition all the time now? It's really based around competition. Uh, but yeah, just to just to finish off what you said, like in Norway, it's the same. It's basically the same situation. Uh, there's a lot of drivers going to Gatbill and. They're like doing this maybe for the second time, third time ever doing drifting. Yeah. And they're all over the track. They don't have mirrors at all. And, you know, that's the biggest. There's not a lot of places where you see us pro drivers like me, Simon Olsen, Fredrik Osper, that we are we're going flat. Like we're there to kind of push our own limits. But when you have a guy that's been on track three times before and he doesn't really know how to do a transition yet, he doesn't know how to do a corner at all, it's kind of scary. Uh, but the biggest problem is like in Norway, we are still like struggling on the grass grassroots level. Like there's not people showing up to practice days. Wow, really? There's not people showing up to the grassroots. Like we're doing... So I'm joining my girlfriend, which is competing herself in the Pro 2 class. As we're going now to the last round this upcoming weekend. And there's only like 16 drivers in the grassroots class. And there's only 18 drivers in the Pro 2 class. Wow. But still, you have the biggest queue of your life on Gatbill of a lot of people that could have been there practicing, doing competition. Mm. Uh, so... Yeah, that's the biggest like difference in in Norway. So yeah, yeah. yeah I just want to pre, pre preface 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 what I said and make sure people understand. Like I am fully in for everyone getting a drift car yeah. and learning to drift. I, yeah. I really am, but I I feel like at these big two day events where you're on a big racetrack and you know you either have to have an almost a natural ability for it uh, just to be able to hop in because I have to hold my hands up and I say I I did book on a drift Matsuri on my fourth drift day but at, at our drift Matsuri is at Rockingham when they were a thing they're not anymore but when they were and they were amazing um they used to have like a paddock area that was a more of a a learner tandem kind yeah. of area that was like pretty good now I yeah. thought I'd booked a ticket onto that one where I hadn't I'd booked it onto the main fast track but <laughs> You, you've known me for a while now. Um, I'll just throw myself into anything. And I'm like, yeah. well, I don't want to hold up all the boys that are trying to do this. So I need to get as good as them now. Yeah. And I ended up doing like 80 mile an hour entries on my fourth ever drift day. And I remember doing maybe two or three just to get that feeling. And I was like, well, you got to get over that fear now, mate, because you got a yeah. line of people and you can't mess up. And I had, I, I learned so much in that weekend. So I have to say like, you know, if you're willing to go and, 
but like I've, I've been doing car stuff and I mean, I used to skid around a field when I was 14 in an old car. So I had that general feeling of a, what a drift car would be like. Yeah. I, I don't want to put anybody off of getting into drifting. My whole goal with the, even this podcast is to get the biggest names in drifting on the, the, the guys in the background on, you know, um, everybody on and, yeah. and, and, and show the love for the sport. But when drift days are so limited, I can't speak on behalf of Norway, but in England, especially we have, a couple of drift, like good drift days up in Scotland now at Drift uh, Land. Um, Dory Fest being one of the main ones as a shout out for it. it's awesome. But Dory Fest is slightly different, and I'll get back to that in a second. But like Drift Matsuri is very much a, a free for all, and it is literally one of the best events you can go to. It's so much fun. The vibe is immaculate, but you will get people on their first and second drift days there. And yeah. to, to be honest, the tracks there though are so terrifying normally those people don't end up on the big fast tracks they might go on the toe yeah. track and there's often accidents on the toe track but for the most part the marshals there are fast and well ready for it you know it's in and out in and out but so the, the it's just it the only problem is it takes away from the boys that kind of want to drive in a team you don't really get it's hard to get the tickets allocated the tickets sell out in yeah. like one minute and that's just a testament to how good and how many people want to go to that event yeah, but with with Dory Fest, there's like a screening process now, and it's almost like what Dave is doing, where you have to apply your car. The car has to be at a certain level of. Uh, it doesn't have to be the fastest car in the world. You have MX fives going, but they've got to be presentable, and you have to kind of explain like this isn't my first drift day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because he's having spectators come, and spectators want to come and be entertained, right? Even yeah. if it's just by the grassroots boys sending the cars, they still want a show put on. And I just feel like there are better places to learn to drift without lots of eyes on you, without the pressure of people like me that have had to drive 10 and a half hours and spend thousands of pounds <laughs> to be somewhere at, that just want to drive with and get to a better level. Like I'd, I'd obviously much rather drive with Connor Shanahan than someone that's like, I'm going to come and get on your door. I'm like, have you ever done drifting yeah. before? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you're not going to get my door then are you? Like, yeah. let's be honest. Like, yeah. Let's just be real. Like I'd rather have Connor scaring me other than, the other type of fear that is like some guy might write my car off because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Do, yeah. You know where I'm coming from? Like I want Absolutely. everyone to get into drifting, but like you should look at events like Dory Fest and the, the big events and be like, do you know what? I am going to be at that, but let me first just get to grips with this crazy sport. Um, yeah. Because it just, it builds you up. Cause the last thing I would have wanted to do was go on into the Anglesey Matsuri on that fast track as my second drift day. Like, it took a lot, of, a lot of years of driving to be able to just hop in my car and go, well, I know I have to go third gear blind in here and then be ready for fourth, maybe. Like, yeah. you're going fast, Tor. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. But... Absolutely, yeah. So I, I really like the idea of these, like, selected car drift days um, because then it allows more driving, you know, for the lads I don't usually get to. Yeah. And then in England, we have these great beginner places like Santa Pod, which I'm actually going to be going to loads of them. So if people yeah. want to drive with more experienced drivers, there are us there doing it on the slightly bigger track. But we're all there learning as well. Like My whole goal over this winter is to become really good at twinning. Like I really want to get to five or six drift days over the winter. And my yeah. whole goal is to find somebody consistent that I can just chase. Let yeah. me chase. And then you can chase me for half a day. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so absolutely. Th and that's just me going, I need to learn. So let's go back to Santa Pod. Yeah. I'm not going, I need to learn. Let's get to Drift Matsuri and find Ollie Evans, like yeah. which I have done before, by the way. I will hold my hands up and I've gone straight to Ollie <laughs> Evans and been like, yo, you need to come chase me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like, um, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in just walk before you can run in these sports because 
if you crash a drift car, it is not a cheap thing to have to replace, especially if you drive it to drift days. If you're gonna have no, to lift that thing home, yeah. like I think there's there's ways that you can really enjoy drifting for a long time. And that's what my goal is. I don't want people just to come to one and be like, well, this is shit. I can't do it. Yeah. Ah, fuck drifting. Drifting shit. And then, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, because, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't have done it the way I've done it, I'd have never been in the position I am now. I feel like I got really humbled really fast because I was like, yeah. I reckon I can do this. And and then I realized I couldn't. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, but talking about Norway, uh, you're quite involved within the Norway drift championships, right? Yeah, so I was involved with the championship when it came about. Uh, I was helping them out getting, like, for that first year, I was not supposed to drive in 2020. So I was helping them making the championship, uh, how to get it not like Drift Masters, but get it more up to grips with the judging, get it up to grips with how everything is presented, how everything is. Uh, then COVID hit us. Uh, it was basically like two two weeks after we had our meetings and everything was settled. And I was kind of, everything was ready. We had the budget, we had the car, we had everything ready for a 2020 full drip master season. And then suddenly in March, like everything just, everything went uh, shattered. So yeah uh and yeah i had to ask all the drivers even though i was really involved with the making the championship um uh, that uh all the drivers agreed on me competing and they all did and yeah won it happy happy days yeah. <laughs> um i'm gonna ask you i don't really like talking about the covid stuff but it does intrigue me because obviously like i was i'm kind of on the fence like you know obviously i, I believe it's a thing <laughs> you know people have died from it right so like i get like but like how was the lockdowns and stuff in Norway? Were your government really strict? Like, was it kind of relaxed? Like, was it like, what what, what was it like? Because I know what it was like for me. Yeah. Obviously, this was a very unique thing for everyone with how it affected everyone differently, right? So I'm just curious yeah. for what it was like with you. We were, so it was based on where you lived. Uh, so like, we are quite far from Oslo, our main capital. Uh, and we're kind of far from all the big cities. So like, we were never home a single day. We really? went to work at normal. Oh, wow. We probably had two weeks at work where like the cafeteria was like all plastic around everything. And that was like, that was everything we felt of COVID. And like the rest was, you couldn't travel. You couldn't meet a lot of friends. You only had you and your closest family. And they opened, closed, opened, closed. So it was kind of confusing what you were allowed to do. But yeah, I think Norway was probably one of the more open countries in yeah. Europe. Interesting. Interesting. Because where I lived, it was full lockdown. Um, yeah. You were allowed to leave your house for one walk a day, they said. Yeah. So uh, I was like, how the fuck are you going to keep track of me, mate? I'll just turn my <laughs> yeah, phone yeah. off. I don't care. Like, I was like, one. you're letting me out of my house once. I'm going to walk for nine hours then. Like, fuck this. Like, yeah. So uh, I, I'd, um. It was it was very odd. I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was like uh not having to work. <laughs> like I was obviously yeah. working a bit, but it was just like a lot of like lay-ins and not really worrying about life much at all. But um I missed all of the uh the sp uh spontaneity of being able to do stuff. Does yeah. that make sense? Like but yeah. um I wasn't the best behaved through it. I did allow 
I did see a lot of people and hang out a lot, but you know, is it is it you have to live to your own rules, but I wouldn't hurt anybody. Like if I felt like yeah. I could endanger older people in my families, I just wouldn't see them for two weeks. I'd be like, Yeah, I've seen somebody today. I can't I can't see anybody for two weeks. It's just FaceTime. Like thankfully yeah. we're in the age of technology where you don't have like me and you right now, you're in Norway, I'm in Essex, like still yeah. able to have a, a perfect phone conversation with video. It's cool, right? So yeah. um and all of the weird apps that popped up that were popular through it, like that like yeah. house party app and shit. That was all so weird and fun. And <laughs> I got I got into doing Lego and shit. Like it was weird. Like I tried all this, you know, it was just it was just odd though. It was just like I look back now, I spoke to Jack about it. If you listened, um you said you listened to the other podcast, I spoke yeah. to Jack about it. I said like there was just no one anywhere. <laughs> it was yeah, so it was... like a zombie movie or something. It was so crazy. But um it's interesting. I know Norway was quite relaxed about it. I, I'm Norway quite relaxed in general about stuff like this like or is it because I, I i've been away once i've only ever visited once but i was like must be about 20 and i come snowboarding so it wasn't yeah. even like i can really remember where i was all i remember was the food was amazing <laughs> that's all yeah. i can remember like the they're food kind of, amazing, but... they're kind of strict on something like uh alcohol is ridiculously expensive in norway uh you will if you drink in norway you would be super like you will lose all your money um (laughs) that's that's why we like traveling uh but uh yeah there yeah i don't know like but it was kind of surprising listening to people or talking to my friends that lives in the uk lives wherever and you're seeing like they're on full lockdown uh but, but yeah i think they opened because like the numbers were going down. They opened, everyone went out, had a big party, everyone got COVID and they <laughs> locked down again. You know, they did this for two years almost. So it was kind of yeah, going back and back forth. And, back and forth, yeah. yeah. By I the think end. we had three proper lockdowns, like where the government come on telly and we're like, Yeah, you got you can't go outside anymore. And oh, it was okay. like it was just like okay, well. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll see. We- I got. I. I was a bit annoyed. Like, I picked up a car through the lockdowns, and I lied. I had to lie online. I feel really bad because, uh, I, you just have to be sensible, right, with how you portray stuff online sometimes. And um, at the same time, my friend Sophie, who's like a a rather big OnlyFans model, she bought a new car through lockdown, but she posted that she was buying it and and all this sort of stuff, and people hounded her like yeah. horrible like really yeah. targeted her as if she had like just murdered somebody right yeah. i went and picked up a car from oxford the same weekend that she had done hers but yeah. i just lied and i said i've had someone deliver it yeah, <laughs> and no yeah. one was like no one batted an eyelid and i was and yeah. then she messaged me she was like why is no one giving you shit but everyone's giving me shit i was like because i just i just said someone else picked it up <laughs> like apparently yeah. that, that matters and um and I, I, I thought it was fine. I didn't catch COVID. It was all right. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, was, it, that was, was a, that was actually the same in Norway. And I think Arian said it as well on the podcast here in 2020. There was this one race in Riga, uh, and yeah, we wanted to go, but we were like, well, we'll get killed when we get back if yeah. one of us has COVID. Uh, my granddad, uh, he was. Uh, sick already uh, mm-hmm. so we were like nah we're not going and I know Arjen he didn't really post anything about him going to Riga uh, he just suddenly were on the live stream <laughs> <laughs> so only people interested in drifting knew he was going uh, yeah. because he was scared as well of, uh, because it, it was the same like all celebrities that had parties and stuff they were on 
like next day television and the news and people are like oh they had a party you know yeah yeah and so you didn't really want to mess too much up doing those sort of stuff so yeah yeah no I, I think we all had to just be careful i think a lot of it was obviously so many people were sat at home doing nothing and then yeah. if you see like someone out having fun you're like fuck that guy right yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah fuck this dude why <laughs> is he allowed to do this and i'm not so yeah. I, and that's why i was just like i'm just not gonna post like i'm just not gonna tell because like i'm i'm not being policed by people that aren't the police i mean i'm not I'm not an anarchist by any stretch of the imagination but i really don't like the government all that much i don't particularly like you know like all that sort of stuff so i was like well i don't really listen to them anyway so why would i start yeah. now like, <laughs> so it was like one of those type situations for me um but yeah it was interesting but it, it, everything's back to relatively normal i assume now a few years later on everything's going yeah. a good way yeah um Absolutely. what is this tire rule situation in norway now um I was I was hoping that we could have like we transitioned to someone else. That's why I'm kind of pull yeah. it back. But I know it was all in Norwegian, so I couldn't really read it properly. So I thought well, I know I'm talking to you soon, so I'll just let yeah. you explain in English if that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we've been looking at, or I've been looking at, like how many people are doing drifting on competition level in Norway, um, and it, the numbers are going drastically down. Uh, there's less and less people doing competitions. Uh, before it was kind of hard qualifying into top 32. Uh, now there's four or five by runs when we do top 32 because there's not enough people. Uh, and I was thinking, we well, we got to like do something. And I was talking to a lot of people like, what's the biggest issue? Uh, the tire cost in Norway has gone up. 80% compared to 2019, 2020. And I kind of, okay, I'll try to figure something out how we can make it cheaper, uh, more equal, and hopefully better for everyone. And uh, I met a rule, which is, it's kind of controversial. There's some people that says it's not possible. We already tested if it's possible or not in all the classes so so that's not really a question uh but so now you got to do when you do top 32 you got to do top 16 on the same set of tires okay. so okay. the the goal is and that is for the pro class for the pro 2 class you got to do three battles on the same set of tires and right, for, okay and for the grassroots you got to do four battles on the same set of tires um and like the goal is like using half of the tires uh, and tires in Norway are like 100 euros a piece now uh, for almost any brand, any kind. And if you're doing a full race, you're probably, it's hard. I'm trying to recalculate every... No, you're fine. You're fine. Take time. <laughs> uh, but like for Norwegian Drift Championship round, you're probably spending like, 2500 euros on tires alone uh so the goal was if we can like put this in half for the pro class that's a lot of money and if you do four or five races a year it gets a lot of very much money for the normal guy and i do believe i do surely believe since that's my roots uh that drifting on a national level should be possible to do the pro class you should be 
possible to become the Norwegian Drift Champion without having big sponsors, without having a rich dad. You should be able to, in a time frame of like five years, be able to build a 600 horsepower drift car uh, that if you have your own, the company you work for or two sponsors and some over over uh, overtime work you should be able to do drifting on the highest level that should be a goal for all set countries i think and then maybe for people wanting to do drift masters or formal drift or whatever series that's like kind of the next step mm -hmm. on to of course that they decide for me i would still have the same there you know but who knows uh so yeah the goal is to use less tires uh basically and spend less money i mean if you can make drifting of professional drifting in your country affordable to the, the working man that would be i guess a hu huge thing I, I i've always said like i i dream of being a pro drifter and when i've seen a couple of the the lads in D even in DMEC at the after parties a bit down on themselves because they've had a bad weekend or they're doubting themselves. And I'm I'm not going to name names because obviously they're private moments, but I've had yeah. some of the biggest names in drifting saying to me, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. And and I think that's down a pressure of money and sponsors and having one bad round can be detrimental to yeah. just like the sponsor conversations you have afterwards. But your bank at the end of the day is the one taking that massive hit for nothing. Yeah. And I and I, I I I've said to them I've tried to like build them back up because obviously I feel like we need these personalities in drifting. Yeah, um, I've tried to just say like remember like there's a load of people like me that would absolutely kill to be in your position. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I I I wish I I physically could afford to even do a, a pro two class and just and just see where I lie in the but the cars are expensive to build like you say tires are insanely expensive the travel yeah. is expensive and it's just physically not possible for me so when i see the lads that can do it getting yeah. to the point where they're like oh, i don't know if i want to anymore i kind of feel like it's like almost like my duty to go over and to give them a cuddle and be like look bro it's gonna be okay yeah, like, yeah. and you get Absolutely. you get to be a professional on the world stage in the coolest motorsport in the yeah. entire world you know yeah, yeah so um it's uh i fully respect what you're doing over there i hope it works out i hope we see an influx of drivers in competition i feel like you're a great role model as well for the norwegian youngsters up and coming or any even just a normal working man wanting to get into it because i mean i i don't think driftmasters felt the same without you until you turned up at the end do you know what i mean like it was yeah. like oh he's back this is cool like because yeah. you've been there every event that i have been apart from this year so i was like yeah. oh, man it's weird not having tour here like it's yeah. like, it's obviously cool having Oyan, but like it's normally the pair of you park up together all the time and all that sort yeah. of stuff so um what, what can we expect from next year from you 2024 how's that looking for tour arnica via We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, hopefully. We're working on trying to get a program together uh, for a full return to Drift Masters. Uh, I think we found out this year we've done the Norwegian Championship, we've done the Scandinavian Championship, and now in the end we did Drift Masters. And yeah, uh, it, it kind of feels like that's where we belong. Uh, that's kind of my series, uh, and I think that's what we need to do. Uh, it, for me now, it's either Drift Masters or just doing grassroots events. I don't know, like uh, 
to be honest it's 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 hard uh it's it's tough getting back uh and we've really felt that this year because when you're doing drift masters which is so professional like the judging is professional the at the organization everything is so professional it's so hard getting back home and like the people are probably trying their best uh doing the races but the difference in quality is so big uh that it's you almost instantly are thinking like what is this like what is this you know and uh i've always wondered that with frederick gospo uh because he's never done competition in norway as long as i've been around at least yeah. uh, and i was always like thinking why do you don't do this uh like kind of are you scared of losing and when i found out and i did like four weeks ago um uh, I, I just said to myself, that's why Frederick is not here doing competition. And I was like, he's known this all the time. Why didn't he just call me up and <laughs> tell me, you know? So, so, no, I think we'll try to get a program together for next year. It's definitely going to be difficult, but probably also more easier uh, with the last event we did. Uh, we've had, like, we had a top qualifying in Germany, fifth place in Germany total, uh, qualified 11th in Poland and got fifth place there as well so yeah we coming off two strong results uh think we showed that we belong there uh that we should have a seater uh so we'll see what we manage to get together uh, I think we gotta try to get a really good program um because we we don't know anything about next year but if if Poland was kind of the start of everything going upwards um i think we're gonna need more travel money to be honest <laughs> oh, oh, oh that oh, you've just mentioned poland again man that was <laughs> that genuinely like that event was just i i looked through the photos still just to remind myself it really happened like yeah, and i'm like yeah. i don't know if you've watched dave drift games vlog that they that they did at the event it's definitely worth a watch it just for the memories like the way they've put that together is insane yeah. and it's like that it was just so overwhelming and i i fully can see it from your point of view where like oh this is where i want to be because i speak to yeah. a few of the other boys that aren't competing this year and some of them i'm closer with once again i'm not going to mention names because obviously they're private conversations i don't want anyone to feel like whatever but um one of them one of his team i was speaking to recently and he said um i think we're going to try and get a program for next year dmec because not being a part of it this year like we've we've enjoyed the other events, but they're just not drift masters. It's not got that yeah. same buzz, that same like atmosphere. And I feel like obviously there's a lot of decent drifters that compete way better than me. I, I have to just preface that I don't think that I'm well, I'm involved in drift masters. I'm better than everybody. I fully get that where I'm at, but like yeah. I get surrounded by the the boys all from all around Europe and a further afield, like yeah. yourself, that really are the top level and. I, I can imagine going to an event where there's maybe like one or two of the lads are, are as good as you. And then it's like, all right, there's going to be a top four that we can kind of already decide. But my favorite thing about DMEC is you get that top 32 and you don't know who is going to w go into top 16. No, <laughs> it, it, it could be you versus Connor Shanahan. It could, I yeah. mean, Connor, Connor, I'm going to talk to him soon, hopefully um, on here, because I, I really want to know what his feelings were like when in Finland, he got pulled out against Calais Rovampera for his top 32 battle. Yeah, yeah. Like any other world that this happens, <laughs> where it's like, oh, well done, you top qualifying, you've now got to go against the current WRC champion. 
Yeah. Like you're but, like, <laughs> what is going on? Like that that's the biggest problem because like I think everyone has like really got their game together for qualifying and like everyone you before you kind of yeah you qualified uh, i remember back like 2018 2019 you as long as you were in like ahead of like in in between top 10 you were like oh, you top six top 32 is going to be easy but now it's like in Germany, top 32, he was an 86 or something. Um, yeah. Germany yeah. was ridiculous. Like the, yeah. the bottom score that qualified was like an 86 or an 87. So, something just out, yeah. outrageous that would put you in the top 10 in some tracks. Yeah. You weren't qualifying in Germany, no. which was just so insane. It, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's just getting better and better. And I'm kind of scared where, where are we heading with this one? I think probably the judges need to look more on kind of get more aspects in to judge uh the lead runs like kind of technique uh what tools are you using how hot are you are, are you um, making it for yourself um it's kind of like i know this by myself like i'm kind of i could look reckless on the outside but I feel really controlled on the inside. Uh, and I use kind of the driving style a lot of drivers are using where you have a small dab on the handbrake when you do the transitions, uh, whatever. And you like feel really controlled when you're doing it that way. But if you if you look like comparing um, Peter's inboards against my inboards, you will see a big difference. Like if you look at Peter, Peter's driving style, it's just when I look at his inboards, I'm like, oh my, that is crazy because <laughs> he did for Germany, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. He did the initiation on handbrake where you have to, it's like quite impossible to not do it. And yeah. he didn't touch the handbrake for the rest of the run. And in my eyes, that's more. Like he should get more points on doing it that way because technically he's doing a better job with less tools. But also on the other hand, there's kind of how can you judge drifting by what tools you're using? We're having different styles and stuff, but I don't know. I think maybe something needs to be looked at to get more aspects into it because I think also that would be cool for the audience looking at it. Interesting. Well, I, I might hit you up out of this because i'm actually going to be doing a chat with kevin o'connell soon yeah so, um yeah and he i i think he wanted a few weeks to prepare because he think i think he thought i was going to bombard him with a load of, ah i just said i just want to chat man i'm not gonna <laughs> give me grief like you get enough of that through the season um just want to talk drifting and have a good like, a good time um but that's interesting i, I, I have never ten, thought of, go i have ten, i have 10 battles you need to ask him about so i'll send them to <laughs> send you. them over i might even add you into the zoom call i won't tell him no i won't tell him i'll just send you an invite and you can just join and start having it out that'd be great wow. to watch <laughs> i'll be the referee i'll be the referee yeah. but, uh, Kevin, kevin's such a good judge like he always has an answer and i do respect the judge that can stand up for what he's he's judged and what he's said and and yeah 
uh, of course, it's a judge sport. There's always going to be someone not agreeing to a call. And mm -hmm. But I do think our judges in Rift Monsters do a really good job on at least explaining them uh, and what they saw. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very, it's, it's definitely very interesting to hear that. I, I never even really thought of what you just said before. And that's that's why I love these conversations, because I get yeah. to get into your mind a little bit and see how you, as one of the best in Europe, perceive the sport that you do. Yeah. Um, when you uh, are like coming with Drift Miles, I haven't got any of this written down, by the way. So I, the next few questions might be a bit out there. But like, let's say you are coming into DMEC. Do you, do you have battles that maybe not are the biggest names on the grid in the world drifting but you know in drift masters we've got some huge competitors from other countries that places like america wouldn't have heard of yet um that like people like diogo correa for instance like yeah. I'd, I'd never heard of him before becoming into drift masters and i remember he had a really rough first season with car problems and and crashes and stuff that were not his fault but yeah. this year he has been one of the outstanding drivers to me along with kevin pascoli um who else is really like Laurie Heinen? You know, you've got these guys now coming through. When you yeah. get that top 32 battle, do you have a few names on there that you're like, please don't be him? Or is it just like, you know what? <laughs> Whoever it is, we'll just go for it. Like, oh, uh, yeah, it definitely is. But, it, you know, it's getting shorter now because you can literally meet, meet anyone in top yeah. 32. So, yeah, I think hopefully drifting will get as big that. Uh, as long as you qualify, you do your battle and yeah. you just shoot for the stars. And yeah, uh, we're all happy uh, by the end of the day. Uh, so, but yeah, it's definitely tough doing that top to the two. That is like, if if you win that, that's the icebreaker. And yeah. you could literally go to the final on that or go out in top 16, who knows? But you need that top 32 to win it. So... <laughs> yeah it's so you know, hard I, I i like i said earlier when we get them battle trees through and i'm looking at the names like there is no easy battle in drift masters anymore that, that's kind no. of how i see it so like obviously like they have to work out for commentary purposes if this person wins if that person wins what points in the championship are going to be but i'm yeah. just there looking going i'm so excited as just a drift <laughs> fan <laughs> that yeah, we're gonna yeah. get to see from the get-go these insane fights um because like it's almost like a new new gladiator type thing, isn't it? You know, you guys yeah. are in there with your tools, and you're already you're already in driftmasters, so you're good at drifting. Like, there's no bad drifters in driftmasters, especially this no. season. Like, everyone's a very high level. Yeah, um, and I just find it exciting. Like for me, yeah. it's like this is the sport I love. Even if driftmasters got rid of me tomorrow, I'd still tune in every week and watch, and you know, and be like, this is so cool. Like, it's just yeah. like I just love the sport so much. So. To seeing it growing, um, it's been a lot of fun. Just even the last three seasons, I've been a part of it. Just watching it from obviously the COVID year was weird. Like obviously, I don't really count that one, but the last two years, yeah. from last year to this year, have been absolutely amazing. Um, although the the Riga round was a shame it being on the Saturday and Sunday because we didn't get the cool after party in the Riga Central. Like 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 yeah. the last year Riga, that was when me and you probably hung out and that it was great fun. Yeah. Like. And um. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I'm not really a drinker, but I let Riga, I let let Riga get the better of me sometimes, just because why not, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's great. But outside of drifting, what interests you? What do you do? Do you do anything outside of drifting, or are you like all encompassed by this world? <laughs> I I've actually gotten better at it. Uh, before it was all drifting, uh, and 
it was kind of your life uh but you know there comes a time when you especially like when you've done it for eight years uh that you're like oh you're so tired so I found out I need to like put some distance uh, to drifting, uh, trying to find different stuff to do. And, you know, I find quite chilling just like sometimes just sitting at home watching television. I feel like a normal person. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of comforting. Uh, but I, you know, I did probably the not the smartest thing you can do when you do drifting. I started my own business, uh, which is taking a lot of my time um and yeah uh it's just me working there it's my full-time job uh, it's my salary so it depends on me actually doing something what is uh, it what is it you're doing yeah so the company is Kia engineering <laughs> so we're doing different stuff uh we're building roll cages for race cars uh we're doing prototypes for the oil and gas business for a lot of different businesses uh that i can't say too much no, about no, no, which is which is really which is really cool as well but yeah uh trying to like get my head into different stuff having a wide like um array of stuff i can do and yeah trying ourselves with own products and stuff and yeah it's it's going good uh definitely everything could be better but yeah I get salary every month and able to pay for our house and stuff. So we're happy. <laughs> and for tires for drifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh. awesome, man. It's funny you say that because like, I, I've, I've always been into the grassroots stuff. Well, I say always, since I was about 26, I think I started getting into drifting. And um, it really bit me hard because I was into like Honda stuff before. So I just did like front wheel drive building street street cars and track day stuff and i loved it i, I had a yeah. brand out of it that was when my brand really started and all that um but when i got the drift master's job as well it like obviously i'm just involved with the media side but it's still a lot then weekends really like when i get home i'm like mentally exhausted from it i'm just yeah. like wow like i guess it's the adrenaline drop off after an event and you know because it's so great being around everyone you know and you have yeah. so much like interaction for that weekend and when I'm when I'm alone, when I'm at home, I'm quite a stay-at-home kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't really yeah. see too many people, and I'm like I keep myself to myself. So I I, I decided I had to find a hobby. <laughs> I was yeah. like <laughs> I hurt my back basically. I used to love MMA and jujitsu and for a while and all that sort of stuff, but I hurt my back, and every time I go, I'd just be really in a lot of pain. So yeah. I was like I need a hobby. So I I took up golf, and I I just did it to go with my dad and like my cousin yeah. and that. And I was like, I never thought much of it. And now I am borderline obsessed with golf. Yeah. And I can't believe it. It's like one of these things I never thought I'd be into. Never yeah. thought I'd care about it. I never, if someone would have said, do you, did you watch the golf at the weekend? I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. why would I do that? Yeah. Now there's nothing I look more forward to than them four hours just out with a golf club and a ball trying to get that shitty little ball in them stupid little holes. And that's yeah. how I kind of see it. I'm like, that ball's just got to go in that hole. I don't yeah. care about what's going on online. I don't care anything. I just want to, yeah. and it's nice to have them them things just to turn off from. Um, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, and it's just uh, it's cool to see that you've transferred yours into a money making opportunity. You know, a, a business that you can um, grow yeah. and ho hopefully support whatever you want to do going yeah. forward. Um, you said your girlfriend is competing in Pro Two. Yeah, and she drives a very similar car to you, right? Yeah, like it's look wise, anyway, they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah, they're very similar, and sometimes people are mistaken them, which is cool. 
uh, she gets tagged in my pictures and yeah. I get tagged in hers. So yeah, she she started drifting when so we met back in 2016. Uh, so we've been together for a long time. Uh, and yeah, uh, she wanted to do drifting. I had a uh, my old car, the one I started in. I had to sell, uh, staying at our shop. And I said, you can take that, like buy the parts you need and you can start drifting. And she's been evolving. Uh, she started at like when she didn't start when she was young, like a lot of us are doing, like me, Jack, Connor. Uh, we all started when we were young, uh, which is so much easier. Uh, and yeah, she's doing really good now. Actually, the last race, she got second place. Uh, oh, podiumed. Yeah, we were super stoked, and she was the only girl at that event as well. So, yeah, awesome. really cool. And she's enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but whenever I come and chat to you boys or any of the, the drivers before, one of the last things I'll always say to you is, like, have fun. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I know how stressful competition is, but I just see it as, like, you've got – this is the – fucking coolest sport in the world like to me yeah. like so yeah. i'm just like like i was saying to everyone like just you know take it in like look at like when we're in that stadium just look around for a minute do you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. stop looking at your media guy for a second and just absorb what is happening because it's gonna be over before we know it right and yeah, like yeah, yeah. i always say go have fun and i think it annoys some of the boys that are like in their zone like and <laughs> yeah. i'm like just have fun man remember like it doesn't matter yeah. if you win or lose really i mean yeah. obviously a lot of them have big sponsors that it does matter because it's a big paycheck for a win bonus but at the end of the day, even if you lose, try and have fun. <laughs> like I know, yeah. like it's you, you get Absolutely. to perform on this massive stage, and like I said earlier, it's a dream for me. Like I maybe one day, if I ever earn enough money that I can build like a semi-pro car to give semi-pro drifting a go, I yeah. would love to. Like yeah. I'm actually in the process now of I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I'm, I'm in the process now of buying another car. Um, that's going to be like a good practice car for a while, but one that I could eventually turn into a pro two spec car not a pro yeah. spec but like a a fair yeah. level entry competition drift car just to give it a go because the amount of seat time i do get is pretty good for someone that lives a billion miles away from tracks yeah yeah i'm always willing to travel to do it and i just think it'd be so much fun just to at least say i gave it a go you know like yeah. it's, it's uh, but i started when i was 26 so yeah. i'm uh it, it it's been a long journey and an, an expensive one. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> drifting is that thing where, like, even now, like this is tall. This is how my fucking idiot brain works nowadays, right? I'm twenty. I'm thirty four now, right? Thirty four. I'm an old ass dude now. <laughs> I got a mortgage I have to pay, which is one of the reasons I don't get to do the competition stuff. But house has to come first. Yeah. But like my my main car, my S15 needs a bunch of modifications now it's it's had a hard couple of years where i've beaten on it hard and it's showing that wear and tear yeah. so i'm just like well instead of just fixing that i'm just gonna buy another car so i can <laughs> drift while we fix that car and then i'll have to figure out how i'm gonna pay for all the fixing i don't know if this is just a drift guy thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. where your brain is just like a bit computerized to be a fucking idiot most of the time but you rationalize yeah. these decisions you know so uh I've, absolutely and yeah, I'm saying that to everyone as well. Like, um, actually, the grassroots uh, came to when it came to Norway with it, which is which it did quite late. Uh, it's so cool, and I tell everyone that want to get into drifting uh, that 
go do grassroots. Like we have a championship. We have they're like 200 horsepower cars. They're using like everyone is running BMW. So we're just calling it calling it BMW Cup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but don't knock having... the BMWs tour. They're vital. <laughs> they're vital for us people. <laughs> we need them cars. Yeah, but like they're having so much fun. Like they're doing a whole day of drifting on one set, two sets of tires. They're all just having a good time. They're they're getting more seat time during one single event that I probably do of three, four events. Yeah, and you know, to me, if I would to well, I'm done with competition drifting, but I still want to go drifting. I wouldn't like to have like a pro two car or a pro car sitting because like just the expenses getting that car running every year is so high. Yeah. But just having like a grassroots car, you could do any event, anytime. Uh of course, yeah. And and just have fun like i'd have to say Tor, if i was at a grassroots competition and you pulled up and we're like yeah i'm gonna compete i'd be like well should i just go on (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) there's some like in norway there's some proper drivers in 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 the grassroots cup there's one in particular with uh a a e86 oh very uh, cool and he's running it with a beams engine oh yeah and he's been to Japan like two, three times, I guess. Uh, and like his driving style, you just get goosebumps. Really, like yeah. he's on the throttle, like the old Japanese videos, and yeah. just pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much fun watching him. And yeah, there's some proper drivers there for sure. So I wouldn't say I would have won it anyway, but uh, yeah, it would be a good crack doing sometime. Have you um, been to Japan? Never. You I want to go. Oh, I want to go. Have to go, especially yeah. visit Abisu. Like something I realized when I was at Abisu, I I was there on my like. So I got into drifting in 2016. I went to Japan in 2017, but I'd already thrown myself into drifting. I must have been 20 drift days deep. Like bought my Silvia. I, I was in. You know, and you've kind of like yeah. signed that agreement with the devil. Like, yep, all right, I'm into this now. Like, I'm in. All right, whatever. Here's my soul. I will just take the drift joy. Well, yeah. I went over, and obviously, I'm watching some of the bigger bigger names who are just having fun right like there's a lot of like pro drivers there that i didn't really know at the time i think some fd drivers were there and just at the matzuri's just having having fun obviously adam lz was there learning his trade back then um but there was this kid he must have been 17 he was wearing flip-flops japanese kid in his dungarees and flip-flops didn't give a shit he was just there just to drive he didn't care about all the other people and i swear on my life he was probably the best drifter i've ever seen in my entire life a 17 year old in a jzx 100 that looked battered yeah. In his flip flops, and he just got out, and he was just wandering over the the little the can machine thing, and like I was just like, that is what drifting is. Like you can yeah. be the best in the world, and then this dude will make you look silly. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Like yeah. that guy that probably doesn't compete, doesn't care about competing. He just got his chaser at Abisu, and he just yeah. rocks up, and he comes and has fun. And like that was when I was like, Do you know, what? I'm I am meant to be in this world because yeah, this yeah. is exactly what I like. That you know, like. Yeah. Frederick Asbo could be there, but then you got this guy sticking it on his door. Like, I don't care yeah. who you are. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't Absolutely. care. Like, yeah. And like, and I, I think that's why I love it so much. Obviously, I love the fact that it was kind of like an outlawry sport where everyone was like, I don't care. We're just going to go do this in the mountains. But it's getting the, the Driftmasters experience is cool. But when I got to Abisu, that was like when I was like, I think I found where I belong. I just can't afford yeah. a car there at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I think. But uh, 
it was yeah. uh it was amazing um do you have any like road cars your personal do you have any collection of cars at all because i spoke to jack about it he has a few sylvias and 86s and stuff so yeah i have some s13 shells uh that we use for new parts for my own car uh, <laughs> okay and, donor cars <laughs> yeah donor cars and i bought a I always wanted like my biggest dream when I was a child. Uh, my dad had all these posters of Mark II escorts. Oh, come on, the escorts, the, the Ford escorts. <laughs> but I, but I did, but I did, I I didn't get one. Oh. Uh, and I got really into like um, RVD or rear-wheel drive rallying, and I found the Starlets, the K. Oh yeah, yeah. And like I was sitting at work uh when i work for a company <laughs> and i was kind of bored and i was just sitting looking at like car sales and it just it just came to me and i was like what is this and it was just four minutes down the road from where i work so i just called up this girl and said uh, i want to look at this car i didn't really have the money even though it wasn't expensive at the time uh it's it's not a nice car it's a car i will use a lot of time to restore yeah. get it fixed probably gonna do beams engine for ag engine whatever um uh, and i was like I, I just gotta buy it like because i know yeah. this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. and there hasn't been or there has been one since that day for sale because i've been always having like i i got an email uh, i get an email every time when, oh, you... when one's listed yeah yeah brilliant <laughs> and this and another one is the only ones that's ever been sold in norway the last two three years i guess wow cool yeah so that that's car awesome. that car is special to me me and my girlfriend mariana uh we did a road trip through all Norway in that car, uh, in its original shape and form. Awesome. And it was so much fun. We just had a tent in the back and we traveled all around Europe. I think we had like 600 kilometers. On wow. That cool. And yeah, so much fun. So that car means a lot to me and I got to really take care of it and never use it in motorsports. <laughs> it will not be good if I use it in motorsports, as you yeah. all as you, you all know. <laughs> yeah, you're you're allowed to have your your road cars as well, man. I love I love to hear that. I love to hear that you you lot that get to compete and be on the big stage also have a passion for it in the background as well. You know, yeah. when you just go home and want to tinker on your cars. I've been uh buying so many parts recently to try and fix up all of mine now. I've got to that point where I'm like they all just have to be working. But yeah. I, I've got too many. I've, I've, I think I've got a bit of an obsession with buying things um, yeah. instead of so much <laughs> fixing them. So uh, we're trying to fix a couple now. I've got a load of parts from my beta BMW E36, but I, I'm going to probably go pick up another car. Well, I've been emailing a guy tonight about one, um, trying to trying to knock his price down, but he's being pretty strict on the price and I don't like that, but it's a good car. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if you get turned off by anything, but I saw that. So it's a stand. It's a, it's a car. I don't want to say what it is yet, but um, it's got those bumper things you know the little round things where they put the elastic band around the bumper onto the fenders yeah, you seen yeah. those? they're yeah. my least favorite modification ever they, they <laughs> annoy me they're just pointless they're so shit they look ugly 
And yeah. I messaged him and I was like, oh, I see it's got them on the bumper and the wing. Does that mean it doesn't have the OEM supports anymore? Thinking maybe the car's ripped his bumper off and broke the clips. He's like, no, I still got all the OEM fitted. Yeah. <laughs> Why have you drilled? Why have <laughs> like, but like, so that's like really irritated me. Um, uh, with this this one vehicle. Sorry, dude. Let me just uh, reply to this person. I'm just on a podcast. Bear with me. So, um, but yeah, like that's like uh, doing a pod brb. Uh, so um, yeah. So uh, it, it, I'm looking because I want to be able to drift through the winter. That's my my goal. Do, where you live in Norway, does it get snowy? Does it snow really bad and stuff? Nah, probably we have like two weeks a year uh i would say our weather is really comparable to ireland and uk okay, okay yeah. cool shitty okay. shitty weather <laughs> yeah cool yeah so we you're you're with me on the old misery <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. we're gonna i don't know if it's gonna be the same in norway but apparently we're gonna get like a nice summer in october they've said today that is we it? might be getting like a nice warm couple of weeks in october that would be great because i'm not gonna be here so yeah <laughs> that's cool um so yeah Tor, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet? Obviously, you're always welcome back on. Uh, I love chatting to you anyway. Um, and thank you for coming on such short notice as well. So I really do appreciate yeah. it. But um, yeah, is there anything you want to say before before I call it and, and say thank you very much? Uh, I don't know. Thank you for having me. Uh, Anytime. Uh, yeah, fun time. And yeah, uh, looking forward to listening to your next guest. Thank uh, you hope, hopefully having me on was good and yeah, yeah. it was it was cool. awesome man and and we, it won't be the last time i'll probably be dropping in your dm saying you're free for a chat again soon um cool. ho- hopefully we've cool. covered the, the vast majority of stuff people would be interested in um i really want to bring you guys that get to be the superstars to the people so they can see what you're like in a normal day and what got you into all of this craziness that is drifting yeah, um, yeah. my fingers are crossed that next year you'll be with us at Driftmasters again um it hasn't felt the same without you and uh, it was great to have you back for a couple of rounds dude so uh, thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you so you. much and uh if anybody wants to support tour he has his own merch line where can they buy that uh they can buy it on our website and there's also going to be a sale on on rotors uh so we're currently our rotor wear uh to be more precise uh so just follow my Instagram stories and my posts and there's going to be news where to, where to buy them. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. Tor. And if you want to support the podcast, just go like us on Facebook, give us a five star review on the old Spotify baby and uh, try and bump us up the charts a little bit. And hopefully we can carry doing these as, as regularly as we're managing to do right now throughout next season as well. It'd be great. Uh, so yeah, please leave a like wherever you've watched this or listened and um, hopefully you've enjoyed. So thank you very much everyone. Thank you very much Tor. And we'll see you again in the next episode. Take care. Thank you.